Hi, I'm Alad Gross. I'm a civil rights attorney, an educator, and a dog owner who's running for Missouri Attorney General. And welcome to the Alad Pod. This week, we've got two wonderful guests. First up, Emily Weber. She is running for House of District 24 over in Kansas City. We talk about her campaign and the reasons why she decided to run. We also speak with Michael Whittier, a good friend of mine from the Integrated Health Network. We talk about healthcare, justice, equity, and so many different resources that are available for folks in St. Louis and around our state. We all get together at the end of this podcast to talk about Missouri Furry Friend Friday and the competition that is ongoing to pick the furriest friend of the quarter. And our analysis is certainly the best that you'll find anywhere about Missouri Furry Friend Friday. At the beginning of the podcast, for the first few minutes, you're going to hear a couple of pops and clicks. Unfortunately, we did this interview over Skype, and uh, at the beginning, we had some issues with the audio, but after the first three minutes, you won't have any problems anymore, other than Michael forgetting to turn on his microphone for a bit. Don't worry. I let him know. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Alad Pod. This week, we've got two wonderful guests, and we've got a bunch of Passover possums to talk about. Uh, our first guest will be Emily Weber. She is running for House District 24 over in the Kansas City area uh, for the Missouri State House of Representatives. We're very excited for her to be on today. And our second guest will be Michael Whittier, who uh, I have known for a bit. Uh, I already yelled at him for us not hanging out more, but he was right. It was totally my fault uh, since social distancing has occurred and previous to that as well. But he works in the healthcare and uh, healthcare equity space and justice and is just so involved. And I think he'd be a uh, wonderful resource for you all to get to meet. So we are going to start with Emily. Uh, we are going to bring in Michael and uh, one, both, or maybe none of them, depending on their experiences today, will choose to hang out and discuss our furriest friend of the quarter competition, which is ongoing right now. So everybody, welcome to the pod. And Emily, welcome to the pod too. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, I know it's a, uh, always a busy time on the campaign trail. So I thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing well, as uh, you know, expected, I guess. Yeah. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. I mean, look, I've gone a little bit crazy, and now we've got a podcast and a, and a TV show. I like to call it a TV show because it makes me feel better about that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been very interesting. For all of you who are out there who are watching, uh, please go ahead. Like, you know, we are human beings. You can comment ask any questions that you might have for me, for Emily, for Michael, for animals that probably won't respond as well as the rest of us. Uh, and your comments should be coming to me. We are testing out some new features right now. So let us know if you're watching and you're there. Um, and uh, if all else fails, I've got another system over here where I can get your comments from too. So um, that's how we're going to do it today. So basically, I'm doing okay. That's the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, uh, uh, I guess if you could, could you introduce yourself to everybody so they can get to know you? Yes, definitely. So, uh, thank you for having me on today. I want to say first, I hope everyone is safe and well. And I also want to say to all you pet lovers, uh, happy national pet day. So my name is Emily Weber and I'm running for Missouri house of representatives for district 24. This is the midtown downtown area of Kansas City. It's it's one very amazing district. So uh, this was never a path that I thought I was going to go down. I've always been an activist, but it was actually the day after the 2016 election that made me get more involved with our local political elections. I made the final decision to run because I was worried about the present and future of Missouri. Yeah, it's a very good reason to run. Um... Because we've got, we have some significant issues in our state, and uh, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this a bit before, um, and I think even on our last pod, we had uh, Betsy Fogel, who's running for um, for House as well in the Springfield area, and you know, a lot of what we're seeing right now, um, all of the vulnerability that we're seeing in our state, 
has ha, didn't just come up overnight. Like this has been an issue that we've been seeing for years and years and years, and now we're in this situation uh, where we are really struggling to deal with the challenges that we're facing as a state. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, these issues, they weren't, I mean, they've always been here. Uh, I think it's more rare now than ever to a lot of the folks out there that, you know, these issues are, have always been here. And hopefully when things start coming around and going back to some kind of normalcy, um, we can start working on a lot of those issues and, and making Missouri a better state. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Is there, I guess, you know, having been campaigning for a bit now, um, is there an issue that, you know, I know a lot of stuff has changed, but is there an issue that you were just super passionate about that uh, was, you know, really a, a big driver? Maybe, you know, I know it was probably multiple, but like one that was really, this is what's making me decide, hey, I got to run, I got to go do this. And has that issue or the way that you're looking at it, has it changed at all since uh, the advent, or not the advent, but the impl- Im- implementation of physical distancing? I mean, oh God. Okay. So, uh, one of the biggest issues that I have. <laughs> right. I know it's like everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> one of the biggest issues that I, I, uh, I'm a huge advocate for, and we've been, you know, seeing day after day before the pandemic and, and now during the pandemic is healthcare, mm-hmm. healthcare. I mean, healthcare is a huge priority in my campaign. Uh, I've, I've been, um, so I'm a graphic designer by trade. I've worked anywhere from small to big companies and freelance myself. I've gone without health health insurance for a while. I, I've been in that situation where it's, God, do I pay student loans and pay my bills or do I go to the doctor and hope that it's not going to be a huge, huge bill right now? Right. Uh, so expanding Medicaid is is one of the issues that I've always been um, a huge advocate on, and the campaign is too. And we are, you know, looking at if we expand Medicaid, a lot of these lower income folks who don't have health care right now could go to the doctor. Uh, God forbid they they get coronavirus and without health insurance, and what happens? Uh, so right now, health insurance. Uh, healthcare, it's number one priority. And I feel like it's number one priority still at this right. point. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, uh, you know, if, if you don't have insurance and I know that the federal government has announced, you know, different programs to cover all of this stuff in case you do get sick and you're uninsured. But the problem is like, if you don't have insurance, you're not used to having insurance, then you just are used to not going to the doctor. I mean, I was uninsured for a little bit there too. Um, and there were the, I mean, I still don't really go to the doctor, but, but there, there are, I mean, there, that's probably just a problem that I've got, but, uh, my wife will tell you that for sure. Um, but there are, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a whole issue. And I I mean, there are a lot of folks who are going and, you know, have been promised, oh, well, you know, you're uninsured and you'll get covered and all this other stuff, but then, then the bills still come. And, you know, that's now all of a sudden, you know, that's like in the news and people are seeing that and they're like, well, I was promised this and I'm not getting it. And when you're used to having the government and so many of these other public institutions make promises and then never really deliver on them, I mean, that causes a whole bunch of issues in, you know, just the institutional framework, but also in, in society and how people respond to these situations. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what's and what's, I'm kind of with you with that one on the health insurance too. I I should yeah. probably go to the doctor a lot more than what I do. Well, yeah, I'm, right. I mean, like, so I used to have it when I worked for the state as an assistant attorney general. I had it, and it was good health care. Um, and then uh, uh, when I left, um, you know, I was I was in the Obamacare. I was on the exchange, and the insurance was so expensive for just like nothing. Um, but there was a period before that where you know I didn't have any insurance at all. Um, and, you know, I, I like to play rugby and football and some other things. And you start asking yourself, is this really a good day for that? Like, should we do that? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm doing okay now, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, especially when you have a, a situation where folks like in our state, our state is providing insurance to state employees and they certainly deserve it. And they deserve a lot more benefits in our state. We're like the lowest paid public servants in the country. But, uh, right. yeah, I mean, you know, if, if we've, we really should be able to develop some kind of a system to make sure more people can access care. And I think Medicaid expansion is exactly right. I mean, we are leaving 
money on the table right now as a state um, when we could be insuring over 200,000 more folks. And that means so much like access to to, to uh, health care, access to mental health, access to uh, uh, substance abuse issues. I mean, all of this stuff, treatment, all these kinds of things. And we're, we're just not doing that purely for political purposes. Exactly. And I mean, right now, especially during this uh, pandemic, mm-hmm. with stay-at-home order, I mean, we're going to see a lot of more mental health issues going on. A lot of depressions happening right now. Um, a lot of people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol or, you know, just have an addiction problem, they're going to, they're suffering right now too. Right. And then a lot of our rural hospitals, they've closed, they've closed down. And if we expanded Medicaid, it would help open up those rural hospitals. Right. Right. Yep. And, and rural hospitals are the ones that, um, you know, right now, if, if there is an issue, I mean, I had a, a friend of mine who unfortunately he passed away, um, from the coronavirus, but he initially went to a hospital that wasn't really prepared to deal with that. I mean, a lot of folks were missed, you know, they were diagnosing pneumonia versus the virus at the beginning, but, uh, they needed to have emergency medical staff come in and replace everybody who was there because they had, you know, they all had to go into quarantine and they didn't want to give it to other people. They didn't have the measures in place. So there, I mean, there are hospitals now, and I think there was some news pretty recently in Missouri about, um, some of the hospitals that are uh, furloughing folks because they don't have enough funding um, because, you know, we've lost. Now we're prioritizing a lot of this treatment, which is very important. But at the same time, a lot of the money for hospitals and healthcare facilities is coming through uh, voluntary surgeries. And we're not really doing those right now. So, you know, the, the funding issue is a very big one. And I know the governor's talked a little bit about it, but not certainly not as much as Medicaid expansion would have done before this already to make sure that folks were doing better. But, um, yeah, emergency funding definitely seems like something we need, I think. Right. Right. I'm so sorry to hear about your friend. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, he was good guy, Al, um, Grimes, and he, uh, he actually worked quite a bit for, uh, the democratic party in Missouri. So he was very involved and he would, you know, talk to, you know, Republicans all the time too. He wasn't one of those, uh, I'm just sticking to my team and, you know, by everybody else. But yeah, I mean, he talked to a state representative a lot, actually tried to get me uh, to talk with him and meet with him a few times over some of the issues we shared. And, uh, yeah, good guy, a veteran and, uh, you know, he served his country for a long time and, uh, he fought it as hard as he could, but, um, yeah, uh, certainly cert- his memory will certainly be a blessing for all of us. And, you know, we really appreciate everything that he did, um, and, you know, send our thoughts to his families and friends and everything else. So, um, yeah, but you know, it's, it's a serious thing. I think there's, there's more and more people, you know, I've got quite a few friends who are now it's, you know, it's not like, Oh, there's some virus going on. It is directly impacting so many people in our country. So, um, you know, we are not immune from that here in Missouri. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So health. Okay. So healthcare is obviously a very big issue. Um, and for folks who are interested, Medicaid expansion looks like it will be on the ballot. They got enough signatures. So that's exciting. That will be something to vote for. Um, and we'll, uh, certainly have more information about that. Um, and it sounds like both of us are in agreement. That would be a good thing. <laughs> so yeah, good, good. So, uh, uh, so we've got that. Are there any other, um, I guess any other issues right now that maybe you're talking to folks, um, you know, I know in the Kansas city area within your district, um, I mean, what's kind of happening there right now? Are people getting the resources they need? Who's the big, you know, the big folks who are providing resources? Um, what's, what's going on? I mean, right now, um, I, I think, uh, so that we, we did have some free lunches going on. And unfortunately, the people, the volunteers that were doing the free lunches, they did get the coronavirus, so they mm-hmm. shut those down. Yeah. So what we're seeing now is uh, KCPS, they've, they've stepped up. They are getting those lunches out for uh, any kids that are 18 years and under um, from 11 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday, I believe. Um, it's, it's teachers that are, that are helping. Um, God bless the teachers. I mean, yeah. they, they are stepping up. And doing above and beyond from what I've been seeing, um, but they are they are getting those free lunches out. They set up an uh, intersection of East 30th and Home Street, uh, Destiny Destiny Life Center, University Academy, Southeast Community Center. I believe you can pick all those up. Um, 
you know, we're seeing a whole bunch of small businesses or small businesses and restaurants. They are doing a lot for the community. Uh, one of the things, you know, I, I came from a small rural town in Kansas is where I, where I was raised. Yeah. And, uh, one thing that I saw that my parents really taught me and my family was communities and how, you know, you give back to the community to build the community up. And it's amazing to see during a pandemic how the community has come together mm-hmm. and helped everybody. You know, they, they are there for whatever you need for just a, a quick smile or a pick me up, or if you need help with food, a uh, grocery run, whatever you need, the community's out there to help you. Yeah. So, you know, Rieger, they're doing a pay as you, as you are able, uh, mm-hmm. right now. Uh, they've switched completely. You can donate to them. Uh, there's a list. There's a whole bunch of food pantries that are trying to help as many people as possible with um, food necessities. And then, uh, you know, harvesters are always out there too. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, uh, I mean, it's really important. So, so, you know, I've been teaching for a while, um, through a nonprofit that I started in, in St. Louis. And one of the biggest services that we provided for kids and families was the meal program. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we've had some of those issues here in St. Louis where folks who were distributing the meals, um, caught the virus and you can't have them then, you know, distributing the kids and families because that's going to spread. We actually had, um, um, someone pass away, um, who was involved in that. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's, uh, again, back to the healthcare system and everything that we're seeing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's certainly a very big issue right now. We're seeing, you know, all, all you know, and, and, and Freddie, who, who has been a great friend of mine and has worked in the campaign, um, he, uh, you know, he, he, we were talking the other day and he said, you know, we really need to talk more about what our public institutions really provide. Uh, in all of our communities and the importance of them from libraries to schools and all these things because you don't really, unless you're working in them, you don't really realize all the different services they really do provide to the community until we start to miss them, you know? Um, And so I'm I'm sure we're all seeing that right now all over the state. I mean, the you know, especially in education, the multiple hats that a person has to wear. Right. Um, you know, it's it's anything from a uh, counselor to just yeah support system. You know, providing food, library, anything. Uh, it, it's it's more than just education. It's it, it goes deeper. And right. so right now, yeah, we're we're seeing that. You know, teachers they are they should be valued um, more than what they are right now. Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. Uh, goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've asked, and it's, it's so many of like our public servants to do so much more than what they signed up for, uh, uh, from, you know, just like you said, like counts, all of these things that you said about what's happening in the classroom, we're asking first responders to do a whole bunch, uh, you know, responding to things that, that mental health folks should be doing. We don't fund mental health in the state. It's just like a whole, you know, here, here we are, right. It's, it's like, right. You want to be prepared for these situations and you, you, you know, we're all busy and we're getting busier and there's a lot of questions around, you know, labor and everything else and where we are right now in America and how much time we're spending on this, that or the other. But, uh, you know, we entrust folks to represent us in this representative system. Uh, and, uh, when we come to a point which, you know, you got to trust them to do the right thing and to get us set up the right way. And then here we are, and we're facing a big stress and a big issue. And we're seeing that, uh, you know, maybe that service, hasn't been so great for a while, which is why we need really good people to be in our legislature, which is why I'm very excited that you're on the show right now. So I can introduce you to so many people. Hey, this is what, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah. What, um, you know, have you thought about, uh, you know, after election's over, after you've won, obviously, right? Uh, what, what do you, I guess, what, what's your plan? Like, how do you want to interact with folks? How do you want to run your office? Have you thought about like, what, what kind of, I guess, what kind of attitude you would take to the job? Yeah, definitely. No, I have, I've, I've a hundred percent thought about that. And I, you know, 
reports to Judy Morgan and uh, <laughs> and talked about, you know, what what is what it's like in Jefferson City, because, mm-hmm. you know, District 24, it's a progressive district. I you know, it's, it's a great district. We vote. I think it's 90 percent of the voters are Democrats. So, you know, this is a great district. It's a strong Democrat district. Um, I understand going down to Jefferson City. It's not like that. And and I do understand that, you know, Missouri is not all Kansas City. There are a whole bunch of rural spots and rural areas that we have to take into consideration. Right. I uh, grew up in, in rural Kansas. You know, I, I basically... We didn't live on a farm, but we had a farm, and I grew up around dairy cows were our thing. So I, I'm used to rural rural areas. Um, I've thought about you know it going down to Jefferson City if I win, and number one is building relationships with the other state reps, and that means across the aisle too, and that means trying to build that relationship, and and hopefully we can understand you know. Kansas City and St. Louis and Columbia, yes, we're, we're more city, um, we're more progressive, and, and we need to have conversations on certain issues where we can come to an agreement. It will, you know, like Medicaid expansion, it will, it'll, it's suited for everybody. Um, this is something we need to talk about in building those relationships and talking, talking over issues, right. getting, getting, some, getting some things done. Right. Yes, that would be great. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's like you know um, the first time. So so I, I I've been doing a lot of work around the state for uh, even years before um, you know I was running for anything, and you know the first visit I made it was in Dexter, Missouri, and then the second one was in Crothersville. Crothersville's in the boot heel. I remember folks, you know, I was, I asked, okay, can we all put on like this little whiteboard thing? Uh, how, what issues are you seeing in your community? And, uh, you know, we gave everybody five minutes or whatever. It was quiet. And, uh, and then we presented. And so I was writing them down. And, uh, the first issue was, well, we, um, we have a problem with, uh, vacant properties. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, we've got a lot of folks who, you know, they used to live here and then they moved out because they're trying to go to a better school for their kids or whatever it might be. And uh, um, that was uh, that was a big issue that folks were then leaving their properties. They were kind of collapsing. They were bringing property values down. And so it was hurting everybody else in the community. I'm like, okay, what else? Well, uh, another thing is we have um, poor kids who unfortunately are trapped going to poor schools and they don't have the resources they need, which connects to issue number one. I'm like, okay. What else? So, well, we have a Walmart here, and it's using another county to get tax incentives, and then it's, it's you know, pushing everybody down. They're all competing, and then the Walmart moved anyway, and everybody lost their jobs. We don't have much public transportation. And I sit there, and I'm like, I drove three hours to hear the exact same issues I'm hearing in St. Louis, right? <laughs> and I think, you know, there, there are certainly issues that are particular to some areas of Missouri versus others, um, and oftentimes it's due to, like, local regulations and what's been there. Uh, you know, I would think about CAFOs, for example, would be one, and, you know, for those who don't know, uh, the farming operations where they concentrate a bunch of, uh, you know, animals into, and it creates a lot of pollution. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's, there's just a lot that we share, and I think that because our political system has been one where oftentimes we're very much trying to be at odds with each other versus, like, what you're describing – it's it's been one where those divisions have been exacerbated versus the commonalities. Does that make any sense? No, that makes perfect sense. Okay, good. I try every once in a while. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you know you having that experience growing up, um, you know, is 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 a really important connection point for people all over the state. And I think the more that we can reach out. Um, you know, to people who maybe don't agree or uh, don't have the same background as us. The, the, I think we start to meet each other, we get familiar with each other, and we can really work together a lot better. At least that's been my experience. Exactly. And I, I feel like that's what we need to, especially, you know, next year, it's going to be crucial uh, that we work together to, to get, some, get some things done. Yeah. So as long as we can start building those relationships and working together, uh, I feel like we all want to make Missouri a better place, so let's work together to make Missouri a better better place. Yeah. Okay. Great. I'm down with that. I'm absolutely. <laughs> all right. Let me see if we're getting any comments in. Um, okay. Bridget Sanderson says hello to you. 
She's very excited. Lots of exclamation points there. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so, um, oh, my friends. Uh, so Robin, uh, has given a shout out to Tina because Tina is making masks at home. And I know so many people are doing that right now, which is, which is so helpful. And then Tina came on to respond and she's like, yes, we are very much afraid because of the issues that you were talking about regarding healthcare and the fact that rural hospitals do not have the support that they need right now. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. I'm assuming, I mean, I, you know, cause I, I, I'm, unfortunately I can't try, I used to travel a whole lot, believe it or not. It wasn't just on this computer, uh, but I used to go <laughs> all over the place and I got to, you know, see and see what was going on. I feel, you know, I feel like the physical distancing for me has really impacted like what I know is happening around the state in Kansas city. I know we've, so we've, we've got a page up right now on the website. If you go to it, um, you know, it's a lot slash COVID. And if you go there, there are eight organizations that we donated to. And one of them, there's like this, this joint grouping, um, in Kansas city, like a big effort to get funding to the right places. Um, and that was something that was recommended to me, uh, by a friend over there. But I'm wondering, I mean, folks are, they're making masks and they're doing this stuff. I mean, folks are volunteering in Kansas city, right? Yes. Oh my God. Uh, Kansas city. I mean, it's it's going, I don't want to say it's going great because it's, but, but people, the, you know, the community have, have flipped and it is, there are so many different Facebook groups that, uh, came together and to help people who lost their jobs or they're just looking for more information on what's going on. Um, or maybe they're, they're having issues, uh, applying for, for unemployment, things like that. People are, are coming together. The, the, the masks. Oh my, the, the people that are sewing the masks right now are absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I've been seeing endless photos and comments and tweets about people that, you know, they're literally sewing masks for 10 hours a day. Right. Trying to fill photos. Um, and you talk to the healthcare workers and they, they would tell you never in a million years would I ever think that we would ask people to, make us masks because we have a shortage and, and, you know, this is what's come down to. Uh, so yes, I'm very grateful for, you know, everybody in the community that has been stepping up and just like you, you know, I, I campaigned early on and I've been to all the events, functions, uh, meet and greets, anything that was, that was anywhere. I, I was usually there trying to meet constituents or just meet the people and get to know like what issues that, they've been faced with and our campaign had to very quickly flip and do a 180, just like most campaigns and go from in-person to digital and virtual. And, and I'm very happy that our campaign was able to do it as quickly as possible and switch from door knocking to phone making and, you know, still trying to get out there and touch with community too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, someone was uh, while you were talking. They just commented that uh, my car is getting a good rest right now. So I guess you know there's something to it. But a lot of folks, you know, they they haven't been driving for a bit, um, and that's that's certainly something that's happening nationally right now. Um, unfortunately, uh, Jimmy, my car uh, has broken down. Now that it doesn't drive all over the all over the state, it's not working. So uh, oh no, yeah, it it wasn't used to this new life. It wasn't it wasn't used to this at all. So. Yeah, I think uh, yes, you know, the, I do love or I do miss your uh, change your oil video. Oh yeah, I did. I did. You know, I actually okay. I'm gonna let you know. So I made one more video <laughs> of that because I changed the oil as the stuff was happening. I think I did it more for me because I knew I wasn't gonna be doing it or needing it so much. So I did <laughs> one, and you know, I usually make a video out of it and I put it online. I was so sad when I made that video. I just couldn't. I couldn't put it up. <laughs> I couldn't. It was like this is too depressing. <laughs> I still have it. Maybe I maybe I need to put it up in like the bonus content. Yeah, maybe I should. It was the last one I did for a while, so um, we'll remember. We'll remember that one. Um, all right, let's get serious here. Let's get super serious. Um, okay. Have you been following the Furry Friday competition this quarter? <laughs> oh, I have. You I have. Keep up. I have. Oh wow, that's great. Do you have a <laughs> I favorite? Do you have a favorite? Um, I've got a 
few. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and look at them again. That's okay. That's fair. Um, that's fair. We, all, we will do an update. Don't worry, everybody. We will do an update at the end of the show about where everything is. There are some neck-and-neck neck races, and there are some that have just pulled away. And, uh, oh. uh, yeah, there's, uh, the next round will start tomorrow. So uh, we will, we will okay. see who makes it to the, uh, the final four after, after tonight. Um, do you okay. have a furry friend of your own? I do. I have two. Uh, Mac and Eleanor, they are rescue dogs. Okay. Very spoiled. Uh, a little too spoiled. Uh, not my fault. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, also, I volunteered, uh, which I, I unfortunately had to quit due to the campaign. Um, time restraint constraints. Yeah, right. But I volunteered for animal rescues. So I volunteered for Missouri Pitbull Rescue for years and uh, I was doing fundraising events oh, and oh. Um, shelter shifts, mm-hmm. social media form, uh, graphic design too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, pit bulls are are uh, a favorite of mine, and unfortunately, they're so misunderstood in the world. But uh, right. yeah, they're sweet. Uh, Very well. Well, I've got then. You know what? I got another hard hitting question for you. Why haven't you submitted your furry friends for Furry Friend Friday? <laughs> that's a good question it's a great question thank you i try we try to bring the hard ones on the lod pod every time so yeah they're very welcome i just want you to know. i'm gonna have to spit yeah they're they're very welcome uh anybody can submit at our email i'll put that in the comments now too uh but uh yeah they're always welcome the more the merrier right. this, uh, we've got a, a series of possums that will be entered in for this quarter so good luck maybe this won't be the quarter to enter i don't know but uh, I'll wait till after the possums. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. Passover possums. We'll get to them too later. Don't you all worry. Um, all right. Let me see who we've got over here. If there's anything left and folks, you can put these co- uh, comments in and um, any questions that you've got, we can always go back to them. Um, and so we can answer them offline too. And uh, um, if you do have any, go ahead and post them. And I'm going to make sure to post your website over here on Facebook, too, for everybody who's watching. Everybody else who's watching, you should be able to see that in the description already. So um, if you can't, let me know. We'll get it to you. Uh, okay. What is – let me ask you this. What is the best way that folks can get involved with your campaign? Let's say they watch this and they're like, oh, she's got Ooh, three friends. Awesome. She sounds really cool. She's got my issues. Where should they go? They should go to the website, emilyforminsuri.com. Uh, you can sign up to volunteer there or just, you know, look over the website and see what other issues are important to us. Um, you can also follow me on social media, Emily for MO, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can also reach me by phone. Um, I'll, I'll give you the number. It's 816-281-8696. Oh, I love when they give the number. <laughs> I love when they give the number. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Awesome. So free text call, um, leave a message if you do call and I don't answer. So I know who you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> Number one, uh, you yeah. can email me, uh, info at Emily okay. Um, and then also we have, we have a day. Um, it's a, a digital day of action coming up. So it is Saturday. Next Saturday. Okay. Yeah, next yeah. Saturday. Okay. Yeah, next Saturday. I love it. It's going to be a rally. I'll give you an update about the campaign. And then we're going to give you phone lists, and you're going to phone bank. And our goal is to hit 1,000 voters in one day. Wow. So if you're interested in phone banking with us, please sign up for Saturday. Awesome. Okay. And, and can they find – I guess we'll put, we'll put links to all of this stuff in there so folks can find it. Um, I'm assuming yeah. you'll, you'll be posting social media, all that. They'll be able to find it too. Definitely. De- right. Definitely. And I'll, I'll go in the links to, uh, or the, the event or yeah. live stream and I'll post a, a link to it also. Awesome. Great. Okay. Well, good. Like there are all these ways to get involved. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the allowed pod. This is our fourth episode. Thanks. So it's really nice when people kind of jump like, Oh yeah, I'll definitely do that. So, uh, <laughs> We really appreciate it, and uh, you know, best of luck, and we'll certainly get all those links out, and uh, you know, you can give us some updates. Let us know how things are going, as always, because we kind of talk already. But uh, yeah, let me know how we can help. If there's anything that we can do. Awesome! Thank you so much. Yeah, same thank to you. you. Thanks for coming. Okay, great. All right, definitely. All right, we will see you later. Uh, all righty. All right. Well, that was Emily Weber. She is running for at District Twenty Four. The fight in 24th 
in Missouri State House. Uh, we are uh, very excited. We're going to bring on a second special guest now, and let's see if he's over there, because I'm supposed to press this button, and it's supposed to go right to him. So let us find out if I've got him on here. Michael, are you here? Oh, he is, but he's still muted, I think. Do you have the unmute button? Because his face is really, you know, it's a great face. And, you know, the lips are, are wonderful. They're moving. And uh, he's trying really hard, everybody. I'll tell you what. Yes, he is. Look at that. So you can see. You can see how. Well, until he gets here, Michael uh, is, is absolutely wonderful. Uh, I met him, goodness, uh, a while ago. I think it was through Michael Butler, actually, is where we met. Uh, who used to be a state representative. He's now the recorder of deeds for St. Louis City. And uh, uh, Michael Whittier has been working very hard on issues around health care, equity, justice. Uh, recently uh, co-authored an article, an op-ed uh, in the Missouri Times um, about health care in our prison system, too. Um, so I'm really excited to have him on. Mostly, though, I'm just stalling for him to figure out how to unmute his video and he is oh, he did it there it is wow look at that see look i'm getting really good at the stalling thing it's not too bad it's pretty so how are you doing sir i'm, I'm doing good i'm yeah. doing good it's, it's good to see you you mentioned at the beginning of the show we we didn't hang out and yes i blamed you my fault uh, but that was also you twisted my leg to come on the, the live pod that's true. I did. That's true. That's true. I was harassing you. You know, I, I want to say this. Michael offered, like, I, I asked him, like, oh, you'd be a great special guest. And he's like, oh, I'd be happy to come on. And, uh, yeah, anytime. Well, I asked him this morning if this week would be good. So he did this very quickly. So uh, don't give him any any bad news. If you're on the comments or anything, don't do that because he, he has certainly earned earned having his mic screw up for a little bit there. So don't worry about it. Well, do you want to inter- can you introduce yourself to everybody here today? Let them know who you are, what you're doing, and, and why in the world we should listen to you. I, I, I certainly I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, uh, my name is Michael Whittier. Thank you for the introduction, Eli. Uh, I work for St. Louis Integrated Health Network. We're a healthcare intermediary in the St. Louis region that focuses on access to care for uh, the medically underserved through our collaborations with our federally qualified health centers and community health centers, our hospitals, medical schools, and uh, our other social service providers and uh, the city county health departments. So we work really hard to really drive equity in healthcare with really focusing on uh, health equity as a vehicle to achieve achieve uh, racial equity as well within the healthcare uh, service delivery. Uh, what we see now with the pandemic, but also what Emily mentioned uh, with the health disparities of healthcare access, uh, that's something we do uh, day to day to really advocate on the behalf of community members and our patients throughout not only the St. Louis region, but the state. Uh, what I specifically do is I have the opportunity and honor to serve as the strategist of justice and health equity, where I work with the regional criminal justice system to uh, achieve health equity in that system as well. Uh, as so we know all of the issues that exist within our criminal justice system uh, throughout the state and uh, our issues with our local criminal justice system in St. Louis, uh, we have worked really hard with the prosecuting attorneys, uh, judges, the jails, uh, social service providers, and many other of uh, our other partners uh, to achieve uh, infrastructure and develop out resources that can really achieve access to equitable quality care for our justice-involved population. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very important work. Um, having been involved in that for quite some time on the legal side of things as an attorney, um, first as I guess I guess even yeah even with the attorney general's office especially the attorney general's office has a lot of involvement in uh, with the Department of Corrections. And, you know, can give a lot of guidance there um, because they're the attorney for the state. So when there are issues, which oftentimes lead to lawsuits, um, you know, somebody we really need to be a lot more proactive on a lot of these different issues. So I'm very thankful for the work that you're doing um, because it's, it's very important um, on the, you know, from a, just a basic moral fairness standpoint. And then, you know, on this other side of we talk about rehabilitation 
and trying to, you know, folks, eventually, when they go to prison or jail, they're going to come out at some point, most people, right? And so making sure that people are coming out and are situated in a way where, you know, they, they can help and they can live very productive lives and, and very fulfilling lives versus kind of just saying, well, you know, you're in the system, you're being punished, and uh, you're done. And then they come back out and we expect everything to be fine. Um, you know, it, it's certainly services like the ones that you're providing are, are very important to, to reform all that, especially that mindset, too. It's certainly. And unfortunately, a lot of the uh, things that are put in place are contradictory to one another when you think uh, of them from a, a policy perspective. Uh, so you mentioned uh, the op-ed in the Missouri Times, Eliza uh, uh, Weiss, and the work that she's doing at Missouri Appleseed and advocating uh, for our uh, individuals in prisons. Uh, she has been doing a fantastic job. But looking at Medicaid suspension as an example, we terminate Medicaid when people are incarcerated. Medicaid is one of the most difficult things to get on in the state of Missouri. Yet when people are released, we're asking them to continue at least some uh, resemblance of quality of care that they have received in prison. And sometimes that is the best quality of care they've ever received, if not the only care they've received. And uh, we have poured billions of dollars into the fight against uh, the opioid epidemic. Uh, we have poured resources into housing, all these other things. Uh, yet we know for a fact that people who are coming home are at highest levels of risk for adverse health outcomes and right. adverse other outcomes yeah. uh, that are detrimental to not only themselves, but communities. Uh, and so uh, we have to not work against ourselves. And that has significant cost implications. That has uh, 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 significant uh consequences for just people's well-being uh, and their quality of life. So we have to think of, about pragmatic solutions through policies, uh, through uh, allocating funding that could really drive wellness, uh, not only for our uh, justice-involved community, but for our communities more broadly. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, yeah, I, so, so you mentioned uh, Medicaid suspension. Um, and I think that's it's, uh, that's actually what you you recently wrote this op-ed about. Could you could you explain more about like why why did you decide to write that? And I guess for folks who are a little bit less familiar, could you explain like the process and what what folks are going through right now in the prison system? Certainly. So uh, Medicaid is extremely difficult to get on, as I mentioned. If you're a a single mom of two, uh, you have to make less than, I believe, about $391 a month to qualify for Medicaid. And that's not a week, a month. Uh, And so uh, if you are incarcerated, you lose that coverage. Uh, And that process to get on Medicaid takes weeks, Mm. uh, months. Uh, It's an extraneous, very difficult process to get uh, covered. And when you look at uh, our incarceration rates, uh, women, uh, in using this example in particular, are increasingly uh, going to prison at a higher rate in Missouri. That, Mm -hmm. That is fact. Uh, And so when they're incarcerated, they lose that coverage. uh, It is terminated. CMS recommends that you suspend it. Uh, However, Missouri has not taken that recommendation, and we continue to terminate Medicaid. When people are released from prison and using uh, a mother of two, for example, when she's released, she has to reapply. Mm. And that is, again, another few months, if not a year plus, to get Medicaid active. And if she's battling with any kind of chronic illnesses, if there's any type of continuity of care needed, it makes it a little bit more challenging when you don't have that coverage. And so you think about the pandemic right now, the lack of access, uh, people not knowing how to pay for things if they do get sick and need to go to the hospital. These are realities that people have been living long before this pandemic. It's going to be a reality long after the pandemic if we don't address access to care for our most vulnerable populations. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, you know, we talked about uh, Medicaid expansion with 
Emily earlier. Um, have you been involved in that? Are you familiar? I mean, would that have any impact um, in any of these situations that you're working on right now? Uh, certainly. So uh, I have a phenomenal team at IHN. Uh, our leadership has been a part of the Healthcare for Missouri campaign in some, in some capacity. Uh, and uh, we have really pushed uh, the ballot initiative to make sure that we can uh, have our uh, Missourians vote for whether Medicaid should be expanded or not. I think mm-hmm. our leadership in Jeff City have deferred this issue long enough. I don't think it has been um, really thought through in a pragmatic way. I think the political strength and partisanship has really hindered our progression as a state to really uh, improve our communities. And when you look at healthcare specifically, and when we talk about healthcare as an organization, uh, it's not just that clinical care delivery. It's making sure that we can address social determinants of health as well. Mm-hmm. And so employment, education, uh, we, we call ourselves a, a pro-life state. However, we don't invest in our children once they're born. We look at the Medicaid uh, enrollment or disenrollment figures over the last uh, year or so, and about 60,000 kids have been disenrolled from Medicaid. And you cannot... You cannot, with a straight face, say that has been because of a booming economy in Missouri and more Missourians are working, because that is far from the truth. Uh, And so uh, getting Medicaid expanded not only increases access to care, but uh, the Washington University report done uh, demonstrates that it addresses health disparities in other states. It has significant cost savings yep. uh, within the first year. Uh, but not only that, uh, it's the, the more. Right. Uh, oh. Oh, buddy. Hey, can you hear me? Can you still hear me, Michael? I don't think you can. You cut out. You cut out. Your, your audio cut out if you're still there. Can you hear me? I don't think he can hear me either. He cut out. Oh, no. He was on a roll, too. I mean, I'm going to have to <laughs> in a second. Oh, he's back. Okay, good. All right, he's back. Can you see uh, where, where did I cut out? I can, yeah, you, I can, you, uh, you were just, oh, you were on fire, too. You were just going. Um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try to pick up and see if we could, we could tag team a little bit. So, so, yeah, I think, you know, what, what's happening, because I think the Wash U study is very important. Um, the one that is showing, hey, you know, if we expand Medicaid, it's actually saving the state money. I mean, there's a, there might be revenue neutral. That's a possibility. Um, but but even then, I mean, you're right. The moral argument is folks should be able to access affordable care. And it's not just, you know, a lot of folks are, well, I don't want my tax money going to somebody else. First of all, look, we, we all live in a society together. And if this moment is teaching us anything, it's that we are all so interconnected. And, and, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Punch, who I've brought up multiple times on this thing, but she's, she's wonderful and she's very active out there, um, in, in Missouri, really around the country. Yeah, she's great. And she's, a, and she's an integrated health network board member. Oh, I, wow. I, love, I didn't know that. I wow, love Dr. At... Punch. Uh, and if yeah. you all uh, listening have the opportunity, she did a fantastic interview on NBC news, uh, that discussed racial disparities, access oh, to care. Uh, she is just phenomenal. I love her work. Uh, she is absolutely amazing. Yeah, she. Uh, I met her because she uh, she took the appendix out of my wife on our first date. <laughs> so, we go back. We go back. Uh, but yeah, well, I, I'll have to find that. We'll have to put the link up for that thing too. But um, yeah, it's uh, you know she's she's been very a, a very a very good voice to to let folks know we are going to be tested based on how we treat folks who are the most vulnerable. That's what this virus is really testing. And I think you're right. Missouri, uh, even I mean, leading up to this within the last few months, even 
had a problem where we were wrongly kicking kids off of Medicaid uh, and making sure they couldn't access care, and then they had to go back and do all this paperwork. But a lot of folks, you know, it's like, oh, well, you can just get back on, no big deal. But the problem is it takes a long time. You're denied care at some point. Usually you find out when you go to the doctor, and now it's like, well, i got to reschedule and figure out my work schedule. I've got three jobs. I'm trying to juggle. And a lot of folks they just, they're done, right? It's just another thing that's happened in my life that's not going to work out. But that's the norm. And and the more people that we have like that in Missouri, the more vulnerable people we're creating, the less opportunity people have. And that includes our kids. And if they grow up in that situation, um, you know, it, it's tough. And it, it creates a lot of issues growing up. And I can talk about that forever with education and trauma and all this other stuff. But you know, we really should be sur- looking at all of these policies. How is this going to best serve our kids? And I think that that would really solve a lot of the the issues that we're seeing right now in our state, in my view. So, I, I couldn't agree more. And you, you think about it: uh, if we have a healthier community or, or state, rather, right. we will have a, a, a more viable workforce. Which that means more tax dollars coming into the state. Uh, I. I just can't comprehend it. It it doesn't quite make sense to me. I've been trying to wrap my mind around some of these decisions and Mm -hmm. and really understand how it really betters our communities. And and I I don't see it. I don't understand it. Uh, And and one thing that I really do uh, uh, was something that really gets under my skin is the divide between the, the rural and urban areas. But when you think about the underlying issues of access, transportation, mm-hmm. uh, long wait times to see a doctor, those are the issues that exist in both communities. Right. Uh, yet we work against each other. Uh, there's not, no pragmatic solutions. The Medicaid uh, termination issue, for example, if we suspend Medicaid, that is approximate cost savings of $14 million a year. Mm that could go into proving, improving these systems, uh, reduce the burden of staffing. Uh, it could uh, improve efficiency and technologies that allow uh, the systems across uh, uh, the state to uh, work together. Uh, there's many ways that money could be used. Mm-hmm. Uh, and However, our inefficiencies, all the red tape uh, are extremely uh uh, factors in the cost burdens that uh, really really drives up costs. Right. And we know we need to be finding more efficient ways to manage our budget. Uh, mm-hmm. The state budget is an issue that nobody has been able to fix for some time. Uh, and so we, we need to figure out the best ways that we can do it. And, and why not start with investing in Missourians to do that through building uh, healthier communities? Couldn't have said it better. Uh, isn't it nice when doing the right thing also works out like in all these different areas, right? <laughs> from, from like, you know, being nice to people, having them do well. Oh, the economy's going to do better. You know, it's kind of like, do it, right? So, so Certainly. And I, and I would be, be remiss to not mention the efforts uh, to respond to the pandemic uh, that are happening here locally. Yeah. Uh, you can go to preparestl.com. Okay. Uh, I am honored, again, to be a part of a fantastic organization with fantastic partners, the Regional Health Commission, the City County Health Department, uh, our Community Health Worker Collaborative, Alive and Well, St. Louis Mental Health mm-hmm. Board. Uh, the Urban League and other partners have really put together this uh, communications campaign to really let communities know what COVID-19 is, uh, how they could prepare uh, themselves, how they can reduce the risk of coming in contact, and the importance of uh, staying home and social distancing. Uh, Our teams, our partners have done a fantastic job. Our board members, uh, regional leadership uh, has uh, done a great job in trying to uh, reduce the curve. Articles have just been written uh, that mentioned St. Louis is doing a good job to flatten that curve. Uh, So 
if you need anything, if there's any information needed, uh, Prepare STL is a good start. There's resources on uh, coronastl.com. I think that uh, takes you to the, the link of the county health department, the regional uh, uh, response task force, and the work that the hospitals are doing, uh, not only for community members, but for the frontline workers, the nurses, uh, the environmental staff, the people mm -hmm. that need to be there and on the front lines fighting this pandemic. Uh, all the resources are there for them uh, and our community members. Uh, this is serious. Uh, we've seen the health disparities that exist and lie within. Uh, I, I've was pushing it on my Facebook about two months ago. I said, if this hits our community, specifically St. Louis hard, we're gonna see huge racial uh, lines uh, in the data. And so uh, we must continue to communicate, advocate, uh, and do what we can to, to help our communities. Uh, racial issues are an inherent part of healthcare mm -hmm. uh, because of the way medicine was built, the way that system is built, but then also the implicit bias and racism that exists. Right. Uh, and so we must continue to raise awareness on that issue, uh, and we must continue to advocate and uh, get our community's resources. Uh, and so uh, please, please, please abide by the, the orders uh, to stay home. Uh, only go out if you need to. Uh, and people who are immunocompromised or living with a chronic illness, please barricade yourself in a closet. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, uh, please, uh, we, we hope to save as many lives as possible. Um, and, uh, we want to do everything we can. So I had to, had to get that out. I know I yes. have a limited time. Uh, no, that's that great important for me to say, <laughs> I was going to give you the run. So I didn't, I didn't even need to, we're, we're in sync right now, folks, stay home, stay home. Uh, if you need to go out, I know there are folks who are working out there who are first responders. They have to be there. And you can help them if you're staying home more because they don't have to interact with you and get sick. So stay home um, as much as you possibly can. And that's how you can serve your country right now. So, um, yeah, this was – dude, this was great. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Um, we're going to put the links to all that stuff up there. Uh, we'll have you back because you're so active and you're doing so many things, and this is such an important topic. Um, so we'll be sure to do that. But I really appreciate you being here and taking the time. Thank you. No, th thank you. I had to be the first contestant for Furry Friends. Uh, <laughs> I haven't had a haircut in quite some time. <laughs> well, that's good. No, this, is, this is great. Well, hold up. If you've got some time, do you? Uh, Emily is still here. I can see her in the background on my screen. Uh, do you want to stick around and do some live analysis of the Furry Friend Friday Championship? No, I'm, I'm definitely going to stick around. I, I think the possums are going to win it. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, however, I, I do think I'm a great candidate. You got to get <laughs> you got to get my mug on on the oh, e, e lab for uh, <sighs> attorney general website. The, okay. the Facebook. I, I got to go up. <laughs> wow. That sound that sounds pretty. I, I, you know what? I'll take that endorsement any day, even if it's just from your beard. All right. Let's bring Emily in. Let's see if I can do this. Hold up. Here we go. Okay, all three of us are on the screen right now in different angles, and, you know, we're, we're trying this live. We're trying new things. All right, so you all can still see my screen, correct? I can. Great. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I am going to take us over to the bracket, and let's see if I can get this thing up there. All right, that's a Skype test. Oh, there we go. I didn't want to show that. All right, here we go. Let's show this instead. <laughs> all right. So here's the bracket where we currently are at. We are uh, starting to run low on time. There's only 10 hours left in this competition. I'm actually going to reload this page because the voting totals might have changed over time. And hopefully the, uh, the images will come up for us too. That would be great. Uh, that way you can see. There, there we go. Perfect. All right. So in, in our first round matchup, um, we have uh, eight, eight – oh, no, excuse me, 16 different competitors – and, uh, no, we shouldn't have 16. Yeah, just eight. Okay, I didn't put up all that many. All right, here we go. So we've got eight competitors. We're already in the Elite Eight. We're going to the Final Four and then the championship. Uh, and in our first round right here, we've got Lou Brock and Stanley are in the first matchup. And I'm going to blow up their photos a little bit. There's Lou. Okay, and then here we've got Stanley. And uh, I'll show you the results right now. 
And it looks like Lou and Stanley uh, are neck and neck with Stanley up by two uh, right now. So I'm going to ask, as we've got all of you on here, uh, what do you think about this matchup? I think it's a a matchup of, of great relevance for St. Louis right now. You got Lou Brock and then you got Stanley. Yeah. I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take the more relevant one at the moment. Our, our NHL season was, was delayed and mm-hmm. if not canceled, uh, yeah, it's canceled. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we're, we're still champions. So uh, my, <laughs> my vote goes to, to Stanley, and we're going to keep the Stanley Cup as long as possible. So, yeah, Stanley, go ahead. You're, 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 you get my vote. <laughs> Emily, Emily, who you got in this matchup? I, I love your analysis on how you just voted. Uh, that was great. <laughs> um, you know, this is this is a hard one. They're both stinking adorable. Um, I'm going to have to go with Stanley. Yeah. Yeah, you've got Stanley going. Wow, all right, here we go. We've got two Stanleys out here. All right, let's go to the next matchup, so hopefully people can see that. All right, we've got Kenya versus Lucky. This one is a blow-up Kenya real quick. There's Kenya, a friend of the campaign. All right, Cutie. and we've got Lucky. Oh, wanted to blow it up, but now you'll see the results anyway. There's Lucky. This is a Springfield oh, battle right now. Kenya's up 22 to 16, so it's still anybody's game, but Kenya is starting to pull away. Uh, thoughts thoughts on this matchup and who you're expecting to emerge? I'm a sucker for some senior dogs. Yeah. The salt and pepper, I'm going to yeah. have to. I mean, Lucky's, Lucky's adorable, too. Yeah, like I mean, come on. Look at that face. Yeah. But I, I think I'm going to have to go with Kenya. Kenya, yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael, what you got on this one? Kenya is adorable, but I, I, I like to go with the underdog. How can you not love that smile? Lucky, lucky <laughs> smile. <laughs> that is a, an adorable smile. It's a, it's a good it's a good smile and you know I'm I'm actually expecting more from Lucky. Um, well, it looks like it's it's updating live right now. Uh, <laughs> it appears that they're going against whatever it is. But yeah, I'm expecting. I was expecting more from Lucky. Lucky, uh, uh, you know, Crystal Quaid, who's the minority leader in the house, uh, submitted Lucky, and uh, yeah, I, I just thought there would be more support behind that that would come with that. But uh, perhaps another day, or you know, there's still time. There's still ten hours left in this competition. All right, here we go. We're going to go to uh, the second to last matchup. This is a double matchup uh, on the one end, uh, two on one. This is Tiberius and Flynn. They both come in in a combo here, and apparently, I just noticed this now, but Flynn uh, apparently loves to use scissors. Maybe he's home-making some masks over there, which is great. Trooper is their opponent. Trooper has quite the Facebook following. Um, I haven't checked these results for a while, and the results are, wow, Tiberius and Flynn are pulling away with this one. 27-12 to 12 is the score. Does that surprise any of you at all? That does not surprise me. If you are uh, a true uh, quarantine person right now, you've mm-hmm. probably seen Don't F with Cats. Mm-hmm. You do not mess with cats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now you got two. It's not just one here. So you got double, double trouble. Emily, your thoughts on this matchup? You think the cats are going to pull this one away? I, I mean, I, yeah, you, you don't mess with cats, and especially a cat who likes to play with scissors. Yeah, I, I think that that really so I did not see that before. Now I, I think I understand the draw here. So, um, yeah, Flynn yeah. looks serious. So I don't know if we're going to mess with that. All right. And then our final matchup here is Wiley. And I'm sorry to the owners. I, I apologize. It should not have been a space here. This is supposed to be one word. Uh, but there's Wiley. Wiley has quite the story. Uh, he rescued himself, actually. Wait, hold up. That might not be on the screen for everybody to see. Make sure. Okay, there we go. Now we're back here. We're back to Wiley. Wiley rescued himself, just ran into the car, uh, and uh, now he's uh, got wonderful owners. And Barney, who was just rescued during the uh, uh, coronavirus crisis, actually. Um, and so if you all are interested, please check out your local animal shelter um, and see how you can foster, adopt, or help out because it's an important time. So that's the matchup we've got here. I'll show you the results right now. And wow, Wiley with 
51 votes to Barney's 10. That could be insurmountable. Uh, let's go to our uh, live analysis. Your thoughts? Oh, wow. That's... <laughs> I'm speechless at the gap. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna expect. I couldn't expect that. Um, yeah. No, Wiley's adorable. I, I love to hear a, a strong uh, self advocacy story. Right. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, so you 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 gotta love a, a, Bar- a Barney story uh, as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Rescue. Uh, you can foster uh, uh, pets right now. Yep, this is a great time. If you uh, are bored at home, you want to uh, get a, a, a pup or a, 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 a dog, a cat, whatever the case may be, it's, it's a great time to do that. Uh, my girlfriend would kill me if I didn't even mention that. She she works for Perina. Uh, oh. She does all the, the digital content uh, uh-huh. for them. So if you're getting served any Perina ads, you can blame her. It's her fault. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, Wiley, uh, I, I love the story. I'm sorry, Barney. I, I don't want to give you any pity votes. Yeah, it's too bad, Barney. But there's still there's still time. Go go vote. Go there's still vote. time to vote. There's still time. The polls have not yet closed. We still have ten hours remaining here, and there's uh, well a little less than ten now. Emily, your thoughts on this matchup? Now I'm going to piggyback on that. Um, what you were saying? Yes, uh, there are so many shelters out there right now that you can go. Uh, adopt rescue uh you can foster of course fostering is a great tool um go out there right now there's so many animals and it's not just cats and dogs too there are millions of different animals out there that you can go foster at this moment so uh i love i mean that puppy i mean (laughs) super adorbs i like look at the face yeah i love the story of you know I'm you're going to rescue me no matter what. Uh, but I also love a good coronavirus pandemic. Mm-hmm, right. I mean, uh, in a, it's very time. So I'm going to have to go with Barney. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. We got Barney. Barney just got a vote. Maybe it was a pity vote. I don't know. But we'll... <laughs> I will say that. I will say this. Look, look, Barney, uh, Barney is a, uh, cherished member of our team he, uh, uh, his owner, Daniel, uh, he's our volunteer manager for the campaign. So for those of you who are getting messages about how you can help Missouri right now, that's him. That's him with his dog. Wiley, uh, also owned by wonderful folks over in Cass County. And I'm going to tell you what, uh, they put up a song and we'll be putting it up on our Facebook page soon, but they literally made a song for this competition and for Wiley's. Uh, I think that's Oh, look, we've got another furry friend. See, look. Look, Michael, like you can submit your furry friend too. It doesn't have to be your beard. It can be an actual furry friend. Yeah, I, that's that's the next thing coming. So, so okay. Oscar and Zoe, uh, at Oscar Love Zoe on IG, uh, they will be submitted next, okay, yeah. <laughs> next Friday. Oh, that's great. Awesome. We'll have them. We'll put the Instagram handle up there. We'll get them the followers. All right. Folks, I really appreciate all the time you took, the wonderful analysis that you gave on the spot. I think this was a great show. Uh, For all of you who uh, were watching with all of us, thank you so much for being here. Leave your comments in there. We'll get answers to your questions. If you'd like to submit a furry friend, you should. You certainly should. And if you'd like to vote, we'll put the link down there too. Uh, But everybody have a wonderful and safe weekend. Stay safe out there. Uh, This will be up on the podcast early this week. Uh, for those of you who are listening, um, and uh, we'll we'll have some more wonderful guests. Thank you both so much to Emily, to Michael, uh, to all of your furry friends, and all of the ones to come. Uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. We really appreciate Emily and Michael coming on the show. We actually hung out for another 30 or 40 minutes after and just talked about everything. And you might be wondering, where were the Passover possums? Well, uh, you can check us out on social media, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. We've been posting pictures of a whole litter of possums that were orphaned and were saved uh, by me, actually. We took them over to the Missouri Wildlife Rescue Center. We'll put a link to them below. Michelle has been absolutely amazing over there, so shout out to Michelle. We'll invite her to the pod. Maybe she'll come on and give us an update about 
uh, these possums, but you can check out all of their photos online. Make sure to check us out anyway. Our website is aladgross.org, and we will be back next week with another wonderful pod. Take care.